G'day everybody and welcome to another Bloody Movie Podcast. I'm Sean Coates. Thank you very much for listening in today. And it's been a while since we've been on the air, uh, all the way back since MIF, and we're back talking about another festival. The Fantastic Film Festival of Australia is an alternative film festival that will bring you everything from dystopian mu- zombie... Sorry, I'll start again. Dystopian zombie mutants, reality-bending psychological terror, dreamlike animation, and, of course, a healthy dose of gore. And with me, I have the mastermind of the program, and he's also the assistant manager here at the lovely Lido in Hawthorne, Hudson Sawada. Thank you very much for joining me. It's my absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Can't wait to talk about some weird movies. Yes, and what kind of weird movies does this festival have to offer? Yeah, well, so I've been working on this program for about uh, just under a year now, and it's a selection of 24 of what I think is the best, most exciting, bold, and, and original voices in the genre and alternative international film circuit at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess as we have a chat, we'll go into more details of some of the films we've got lined up. Uh, yeah, really exciting. What always fascinates me about film festivals mm. is just how they're put together. Of course. And this, the festival launched with a special screening of um, Robert Egger's new film, The Lighthouse, just mm-hmm. last week. And you were saying that this took nine months to put together what actually goes into creating a festival, especially a festival that's this niche and this strange? Yeah, of course. Well, I guess I'll start really at the beginning of my journey um, on this on this film festival. And it starts, I guess, from day one. My old man has worked in film festivals for pretty much his entire working uh, life. He uh, programs and, and runs the Revelation Film Festival in, in Western Australia and uh, worked at the Australian Centre for the Moving Image, doing some programming there, and, and now is the director of the St Kilda Film Festival. So, look, it's the whole apple on the tree thing, in my case, a little bit. Just grew up watching lots of outsider, weird, alternative movies. Yeah, so then I've been working in the cinema industry since I started to work. And uh, then when uh, the, the the owner of the, the Lido, the Ritz and, and the Cameo uh, and the classic cinemas, he's also a massive uh, alternative and, and genre kind of movie uh, connoisseur and interested in in really outsider art um, and then we thought that there was an opportunity to run an event for that exactly that kind of work so uh, we last year uh, 2018 uh, myself and three others uh, Ben Buckingham and, and and Meg we we created uh, Paracinema Fest which was a similar to, to Fantastic Film Festival uh, focused on transgressive and and outsider uh, film and that was a collection of about 12 new movies and, and a couple of old, uh, like, uh, recontextualizations of, of films, so, uh, which was awesome. That was so great. And those guys were fantastic. They were great, great to work with. So we had, like, Basket Case and um, the films of Sarah Jacobson, an amazing, uh, like, feminist punk filmmaker. Um, and then, yeah, a bunch of new ones as well. Uh, so then moving in 2019... We found that the name Paracinema Fest uh, was a little bit uh, of a barrier. We thought to the, to, to, to film goers because you know you can't it can't just read that and get a gist about what we're trying to do. So we went into a little bit of a rebranding phase, and then uh, Ben and Meg uh, moved on to to follow other pursuits. Um, so it was just me left. So we yeah sat down and thought, what what do we really want to do with the festival this year? What do we really want to th- like, how do we want to come out of the gates swinging, really? Um, and how are we going to make ourselves kind of stand out from the scene? Because there's already some other amazing events in Melbourne and Sydney, like the Sydney Underground Film Festival, obviously Sydney Film Festival, and MIF, and, uh, Monster, and Fest. Monster Fest, obviously. Definitely yeah, has these kinds those, of films. those guys, yeah, fantastic. I worked with Grant a little bit while he was at the Lido doing the event. Um, yeah, great, great team over there. So. So yeah, then once we knew what we were doing and we were putting on a film festival for not just traditionally genre films that was that are like, you know, classic horror or thriller or, or action movies, we were encompassing films that uh, often play with these themes and elements, but not necessarily diving fully into, you know, they don't necessarily cons- can be classified as a horror movie per se or like a, they're often, yeah, use it to explore things that, um, I think, uh, uh, to me, seemed really, really exciting. So, like, yeah, again, we'll talk about each film, I th- well, some of the films in particular, and I think you'll get a gist about kind of the energy f- that are coming from them. And, uh, yeah, that's why I think these films, 
while Monster Fest is doing some playing some amazing, yeah, bizarro, amazing content. I think a lot of the films in here we're really honored to have the opportunity to share because they're not quite in their bandwagon. Um, so yeah, mm. yeah, it's great. Also, you're giving them a place where they probably wouldn't screen otherwise. Yeah, as well. yeah, exactly. And the the films are like awesome. They're so cool and so original and weird and yeah, just non-traditional. So that's that's what I think we're trying to do. Just films that are unlike anything currently out there. Um, or saying something or achieving some kind of artistic atmospheric or stylistic uh, I guess thing mm. so yeah so then when we kind of I guess had that in the back of my mind while I was watching all these films I kind of went through all the critical uh, I guess taste makers festivals so like Rotterdam and 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 Khan and um and uh like the of the big ones the slam dance and sundance and um the berlinale and uh like all those big ones and then diving down a little bit neat like into the niche into ones the niche where ones. you've got like there's like a wine and genre festival called grossman that was a good like an influence obviously fantastic fest in the u.s was like a big part of us i guess mm. in some ways in other ways not so much and is, then is the th- sorry to cut you off but is yeah, the of first, because of the name very close to fantastic yeah. at fest is it in any way affiliated with so those guys yeah so the name uh there are a lot of countries and states uh all over the world have their own fantastic film festival so there's one in brussels um there's a couple in america other american states that are more associated with that area and like in europe like it's a pretty common thing like having the fantastic film festival of of a, of a country right. and it's like a word that uh, encompasses the exact kind of thing that i was talking about before not exclusively genre or sci-fi or fantasy or action movies but anything that is like extra reality like things that just like don't exist within um i guess traditional ideas about what reality is yeah so that's why we thought the name fit us really well and obviously fantastic fest in the u.s is an amazing event and um, our films line up often with them. We have about four or five films that crossed over with Fantastic Fest. It's important to have a brand that people can instantly, the people that we want to, to come to our festival can kind of already know what they're in for, you know, if that, so that really helped. We started selling tickets, uh, yes, well, a couple of days ago, so they've been going okay. Interested to see what films do well. I watched all the movies. I put together a, a spreadsheet of about 300 films from those festivals. Um, so when I would see a film that I would come across uh, and the reception was good or the, it sounded awesome or um, something yeah, interesting about it came up, I would yeah, put it in my spreadsheet and then find the contact for, which is the ch- most challenging part is finding out who the hell <laughs> can give me the ability to screen it. So... There's a lot of emails and not a lot of responses. So like I would email one and every three would like get back to me. So a lot of them I had to follow up. So like I've got an IMDb Pro account and a Sanando account and they often have the contacts there. But because films are so often being purchased or being reorganized or like Makes it's it a hard lot to find the person who actually can uh, lock it down. Like St. Maud, one of our biggest films this year, like we got that at the eleventh hour because like I went to the American people and then A twenty four got it and then Sony got it in Australia and it's like kind of all goes around. But uh, yeah, you just kind of have to be like hustling often um, and making phone calls and like a, one of my favorite films, Sator. I had to message the director on LinkedIn oh, because right. I just like could not find access to it anywhere. I had to like find him on LinkedIn. It's like, hey man, your film sounds amazing, but no, I just can't find any details. So yeah, and he was great. Yeah, he was awesome um, about that. So yeah, and then when I've collected all the films, go back to the distributor with a, a screening fee of how much uh, I thought that we could pay for it and then they'd often come back with you know much more and then would often just meet in the middle somewhere and uh that can range between uh like 600 us dollars and a thousand us dollars so it can be really expensive obviously um so there's a lot riding on the festival to be successful yeah but there's a lot because of the way that this festival is operating it's 
obviously selling tickets and getting people in is what is festivals are all about and creating like culture and community and uh and conversation but along with that because the festival is pretty much fully financed by the 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 cinema operator like the the family who runs the cinema and the debt they're completely dedicated to taking risks and trying to see what cinema going to the cinema can kind of be like so they did that highly contentious netflix deal with the irishman two popes marriage story and the king couldn't quite get it for uncut gems unfortunately yeah nobody could but uh so that was a massive risk for them and isolated them heavily from the uh traditional cinema i guess scene um and so because they it broke the traditional 90 day release window it's also about creating a reputation for the cinemas in the same way it is creating a reputation for the the festival because we want the Lido and the Ritz to be associated with cutting edge, new art, the alternative mm-hmm. movies. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of things that are important for us to get with this event. Absolutely. Well, now that we've established what's at stake for this festival, we should let yeah, people know what's actually playing. And we should start with the opening night film, of course. And you were talking about films that take risks and are really mm. transgressive and are really far from the norm. I think yeah. your opening night film, Chain for Life, like can like describes that perfectly. Yeah, Chain for Life, I saw... I had the awesome privilege to see it with Adam Pearson, the, the lead actor uh, in Perth, a couple of... like earlier last year... Um, and yeah, it was just this beautiful film that uh, um, is really about what it means to make movies and who gets to make those movies and who gets to be in those movies and why, um, as it revolves around this like classic, like a uh, European auteur figure who think he thinks he's making some kind of like really uh, interesting transgressive genre film, which is kind of ironic. Yeah, yeah, and what is actually happening um, is that, well, he's hired these people with disabilities and and deformities uh, to play like villains or monsters or people who are, I guess, supposed to be like not people in the film, but just like like some kind of object, I guess, in the the, the rawest sense of the, the word. And then uh, while everybody's trying to like get along and and trying to work together, the people um, who are taking advantage of just to kind of get sick of the film and decide to use their equipment in downtime to make their own movies about their own lives and their own ideas and their own, um, uh, I guess, perspectives. And then as the film goes, you're like not sure what really is their movie and what is reality. And uh, it talks, yeah, really uh, openly about their experiences and how they view society and the world and it's yeah it's awesome and Adam Pearson you probably recognize him from Under the Skin Under the Skin yeah, yeah is like he came out and talked after the film and it's like this amazing film nerd like incredibly switched on um, and just really passionate about people mm-hmm. and about movies and um, yeah so the film is just so wholesome and it's really funny and also really dark as well uh, so I think it's really one that I think is a really encapsulates what the festival plan was really about about genre cinema that is breaking the rules and kind of pushing things forward and unlike things that i've seen before from yeah. the, from the looks of the trailer it was well like it had quite a nice like warm golden hue kind of like film look to it, it looks as beautiful well. it yeah it's yeah. shot shot on 16 mil from what i can tell it like looks looks, looks like awesome yeah. yeah so the film the film is a real film nerd film in a lot of ways because it's got lots of references to genre movies like old genre movies it's got lots of uh love for old genre and also holds it i guess a little bit accountable for some of its kind of uh more wayward uh i guess characteristics which a lot of the other films also call out horror movies in the festival some of the the negative elements of horror movies history Mm, that's we'll a to. great segue to horror noir which i believe is the only documentary in your program yeah that's right so that one was amazing when we came across that film because it's like i studied film for three years and it's like this little film class that's like it's like going to a film lecture because uh, it covers an entire i guess well 
it does a really great job at encapsulating a really long period of time and a long part of history and as incredibly informative as it I guess I should probably explain what the film is really about, but it's... um, It's basically, from what I can tell from the trailer and from all the things I've read about it, it's essentially a, a, a history in brief about the representation of African-Americans in horror films. That's right. I think yeah. all the way from Since Birth of a Nation all the way through to Jordan Peele's Get Out. Yeah, so it's, it's awesome. So, yeah, you're exactly right. It starts out with Birth of a Nation, which was, you know, America's pretty much their first movie, but also one of the most like now currently uh, a really kind of shameful element of film history. So with the KKK being heroes and the, the, the black characters being rapists and, and um, kidnappers and, and things. So and, and those characters being played by white people yeah, as well. Yes. Yeah. So look, they hold, yeah. In the film um, it explores like that part of American culture and, and film history. And then it goes on and, and talks about, the black exploitation and exploitation period, which is awesome. It's but it's this like pull and tug between, uh, I guess, freedom and and being being able to play themselves, but also like they're always playing pimps or hookers or uh, like or, or other kinds of sex workers, and then um, it's they're just being stereotyped into these into these characters and still not really properly playing themselves a lot of the time, um, and then couple of highlights come out like Candyman and uh, Blackula that they're all like, mm. you know, of, of fantastic examples of, of moments where there's this little bit of uh, hope and then obviously Get Out is like a massive deal yeah. and really was um, a seminal point, turning point mm. in genre cinema. And it explores a lot of other things that came along the way um, and like the, the, f- the first to die trope um, and the voodoo nature of horror movies, like reclaiming what is this really important cultural, uh, spiritual, uh, I guess, practice, but is now this horror, villainous horror trope, um, which is why it's also programmed next to Zombie Child, which is a French film that explores uh, colonialism in France um, and the repercussions of that over time, and also... Uh, is a reclaiming of voodoo away from its horror tropes. So that one was a really exciting one to pair those two together. So you can kind of watch both the past history of of cinema, of horror movie and genre, um, and then look at something that's trying to do something a little bit more forward thinking with it. And it really wouldn't be uh, a fe- like a, a genre festival if you didn't have um, like these really out there dark comedies as well. Like I guess you could say, chain for, chain for life in one way is is in in one way or another a dark comedy. But mm. then there's just straight would like far out there dark comedies like uh, Serial Killer's Guide to Life, and yeah. uh, I believe there was what was another one. Uh, it was a German film. I mean, there's like six German films. Aren't you happy? Uh, that one. Oh, oh, beautiful night. This oh, one. beautiful yes. night. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess I guess I'll start briefly talking about a Serial Killer's Guide to Life. So that movie really stood out for me because I am. Doing a, a master's course and it's like a like a businessy entrepreneurshipy <laughs> kind of course and they're always like you got to have like this right mindset you got to like have all this and they like you know you have to smile a lot you have to like be really assertive you have to like do all this stuff and then this film is just like a massive middle finger to yeah. like <laughs> all those people who tell you to smile more and just be happy and like you should be uh, yeah just all those like armchair psychologists i guess there seems to be a fair bit of that coming out of england recently yeah. with like the shows like it's only the end of the world and like um, and just looking at the trailer it looks very much like um like in the in the same style of comedy as like as as what ben wheatley does yeah it looks it's very much it's, like that it's because it's the premise is really funny and like the, the the film kind of plays it relatively deadpan a lot of the way um which i think was a bit of a surprise for a lot of people. So that's why, like, the critics really love it, but some of the punters aren't really super on its board, which is which I found really interesting um, because it's it really is, like, a, a really interesting Thelma and Louise kind of, like, road trip movie where they go around murdering all these, like, <laughs> people doing those classic uh, self-help classes. Um, so it's really cathartic in that sense. And the the two leads are awesome. They're so they're so great. They're just like 
yeah, it's just a really fun ride. So that's the second film in Melbourne, well, like the After Chain for Life. So you get to watch those back to back if that sounds interesting. Sounds like so a good double feature. Yeah, yeah. So I tried to program the films to kind of run as interesting double features where possible or like interesting nights of movies. So yeah, that's just a really fun, fun ride. Um, and yeah, it was very cathartic to me when I watched it. Another thing, as, as I said, dark comedies a staple of genre film festivals mm. so are anthology films but you've seemed to have one that's blended together which is uh seven reasons yeah. to uh, to run away from society that's right so that one was a it was so interesting because i thought it was so good and it played at south by southwest and and then it just kind of fell off the map i think wow but it was this awesome argentinian film i think uh spanish yeah um and uh it's like seven little vignettes of issues that the filmmakers have in society whether it be like issues on uh family or issues on um oh, i can't remember all the different it was one of the first films i watched when i was programming it um but each of them are like little slapstick absurd skits about uh how people aren't working together anymore or how relationships kind of don't make much sense these days or uh how Everybody pretends to care, but nobody actually really cares. So um, if it's really one for those who are into like the Black Mirror and these alternative visions of society and reality, because they're all just so kind of outlandish and ridiculous. Like there's one sequence, there's one episode where there's this guy who works in like high-end fashion and then he's talking about what he's going to wear or what his partner's going to wear or something. And then all these hands start like coming out of the floorboards. <laughs> And then uh, he keeps like like <laughs> stepping on his hands or like putting the floorboards back and like cuts the hands off and stuff. And then it's like as it go kind of goes on, you realize that like the 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 children that are making all his clothes <laughs> are like underneath, the, literally under the floorboards. <laughs> so it's like those little bits are like throughout the whole film mm-hmm. of like uh, I guess turning, um, just like putting a bit of a mirror back at uh, some 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 pretty negative trends that the filmmakers have noticed in current society. So are all the vignettes fairly vi- like very variant or are they like, all, yeah. are they very different or is there some kind of like, well, not necessarily like thematic or like sort of thing, well, linking them all together. It's loose. Yeah. It's a loose, it, the, the, the theme is people suck, <laughs> I guess really. And yeah. that uh, that they there's a little bit of tr- trying to tie it in like in between and at the end, but it's not really what it's necessarily about. And you kind of like have to get on its ride of like seven little short stories, and then some of them are stronger than others. But I think as a whole, they present lots of really mm-hmm. interesting comments and things to talk about and things to to think about. I'm like, man, that is so true it's so yeah look i i don't if anybody sees the film i don't want to spoil some of the rides because it's so fun to kind of think about what they're actually trying to say one of them is about a a a flat that forgets what comes after six so they're all just standing on the on the out the front of their their apartment like what comes after six (laughs) four five six nine but what comes and yeah so it's like absurd but yeah, mm. a very uh, fun ride. And also just looking at that runtime, only 75 minutes, which for an anthology film is rare. Yeah, it's short and sweet, but that's what I love about often genre films. Like they yeah. often go for under two hours. Like the, two hours is... There is one progr- There is one film in your program that is over two hours long, which, and I think there's only like four that are over. They're in three figures. Yeah, minutes. so that I love that. I love those short and sweet movies because um, it just means, at least in my mind, that that filmmaker is like incredibly uh can like has condensed their story or knows it really well to tell it in such a short amount of time because there's nothing worse than sitting through a two-hour film and feeling like this it's a two-hour movie or longer Mm. yeah and then if it's people you don't like it it's when it goes for 90 minutes or 80 minutes and then you're out well those kinds of films like what you you were just saying of these long films that you're just like oh get me out of here because they're Mm. just over long over labor the point that's how i feel about most a24 like their elevated horror films usually yeah but just looking again with the runtime though 83 minutes it looks like saint maud is going to be much better on in that regard but also this film just looks really interesting yeah saint maud was like i said earlier really awesome get for us really last minute like at the 11th hour so uh, but that played at um, 
Toronto and fantastic in the US and got this amazing response. And uh, so I just had to kind of get it and have a look myself. So it really encapsulates a lot of what A24 has been doing at the moment, like Midsummer and Hereditary and The Lighthouse, obviously, really recently are all these like very diverse, super interesting like often really chilling in their own unique ways. Um, and yeah, St. Maud is definitely an awesome step along those, along that path. It's like this beautiful film. Uh, this first, the first feature film from, from Rose Glass, who we're actually queuing up a, a Q and a with over Skype for the screening. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah. That's, we just kind of confirmed that today. Um, not sure if it's going to be in both Melbourne and Sydney, but we'll be chatting to the filmmaker over Skype. Um, for one of the screenings but uh yeah it's just like this really interesting character unlike a lot of the uh like a lot of the other a24 film well just thinking mid hereditary and, and midsummer i guess uh a, a, a similar in, in some ways but this one is this amazing really intimate character study like the whole film is you never really see anything else than what this this woman who thinks that she's talking to god is kind of experiencing and you kind of go along the ride for her um, as you're not sure, like, is she going insane or is she possessed or is she talking to Satan or is she uh, dealing with some kind of post-traumatic stress? Um, and that unknowing about what is actually real or not, like, creates a really unsettling uh, tone. And, yeah, it's just... It's really not super conventional horror either because it goes a lot of time with just like building atmosphere and really learning like what makes this character tick. And then there's like an explosive moment that really kind of like sucks all the air out of the room. And it's like, yeah, it's awesome. It'd be a good film to watch with a, with a packed Yeah, a packed it'd be so good. So we're screening at heaps uh, for the festival. We've got like three screenings in Sydney and Melbourne each. And then rooftop screening as well, which would be really fun too. So, yeah, definitely one to, to check out for sure. Absolutely. And one that I think is, again, like treating... Uh, I just want to go to your quote for this film that you have here in the, uh, in the program guide. Uh, you have yes. said that this film is a wake-up call that will make you question the very meaning of violence. Now, this is the, <laughs> fil the new film from Fatih Akin, which is uh, The Golden Glove, which is a film... I know only by reputation um, after hearing what it uh, after hearing what it did um, when it played at Berlin and also when it played at Fantastic Fest and also a few of my friends who have seen this film mm. have described it to a film like compared it to Lars von Trier's The House That Jack Built in in, in a couple of ways but yeah. also just like really just completely like what's the new york times says here said it was vomitous <laughs> which <laughs> very pretty, uh, they hated it they hated this movie um so this was like the hardest film to program because it was so mean like this movie is the meanest movie i've seen in a really long time um and so i went through a lot like months going like should I program this? Is this worth putting on screen? Is this like, is this kind of violence? And uh, I guess the film presents violence as being like meaningless. And the style is to have no style or stylization of anything. So it's in, I guess, in a really broad sense. Obviously, there's, there's some amazing direction and, and performance. The performance, I guess I'll talk about the performance in a minute, but... The film really it shows what it means to be a serial killer and to take somebody's life in that way without cutting away. It's all like long takes. Jesus. It's absolutely unflinching in its way of approaching that, like when a film would cut away or show something else or, or release the release, find a release somewhere else. It would just show the consequences and the action in really extended takes, which is... That's like full. for some people, like if you can't, the first 10 minutes really, you know, sort people out from if okay, it's so their thing or it, not. It's more, it's a barometer where you can tell. Yeah. The first 10 minutes, you, the film opens with them cutting up a dead body and like hacking off its head with a saw. So like if that, yeah, it's like, so it's pretty sinister in that sense. And then um, the hardest thing about this film is the sexual violence. That was the hardest thing about this movie because obviously... 
there there are things that people feel comfortable exploring on screen and sexual violence is one that is really a challenging thing to put to screen so Absolutely. uh that's why i just wasn't sure if um if it was something that people would respond to but then um after fantastic fest had a really great response from that and it was really interesting having them as like a bit of a warm-up for us because i watched it pretty much as soon as it played after uh berlin and they got booed and panned and people walked out and it was like a massive like problem when it happened there so but when i watched it it like just really shook me because i've been watching mindhunters and the film serial killers and that movie that tv show are all kind of like a little bit edgy and interesting and like kind of have really interesting personalities and you kind of like like them a little bit but this guy is yeah this guy is like an absolute monster and and the mindhunters would never show you what being a serial killer actually is about <laughs> and this film does and i think the people will respond to that and the main guy who plays this yeah uh, Jonas yeah. Dassler I think he is like a 21 year old model <laughs> and he has he goes through like hours and hours of makeup to like make him look like this monster like deformed face and deformed yeah. nose and drooling and a like an eye that doesn't work properly like horn um, glasses and a yeah. really really thick mustache and too so so the, the the character is like amazing and the and he he is an outstanding like performer but it also gives him this like kind of, I guess, um, fragility because he's like still feels like really young, even though he looks like an old. Yeah, it's really hard probably, to explain. I guess he probably acts like a, a lot younger too. Yeah, he yeah. like no, he kind of lumbers around like hunched back and like kind of like drags his feet along the ground. But he kind of has this like I don't want to say spitefulness, like sp- spritefulness, but he kind of has this like yeah, some kind of twinkle in his eye that I think the youth gives the character well this sounds incredibly disturbing and even more disturbing that um it says at the bottom here of the program that it says this is actually based on true events yeah so that's yeah it's based off a book the director uh yeah read the book and and it's from a a part of town that he's uh i can't say if he grew up there but like a a part of his his life was was where this this Mm. killing took place because yeah the filmmaker um fatia kin i've I've seen one of his films that was like i think it was nominated for the palm door and like was really well received Mm. about 10 years ago called the edge of heaven Mm. and he he, a lot of his early films and are all about like the migrant experience of like because he's a turkish born uh, i think he's a He's German with a Turkish ancestry, so he mm. makes a lot of films about the migrant experience and like German, di- um, uh, Turkish and German diaspora. But yeah, here this seems like a bit of a left turn for him. Yeah, it's his first time into genre, um, but it does explore social, like what Germany was like post World War Two, and like the people that were left and what they did and what the current atmosphere of that the city was because it's like the people in this film are sad and like drink all the time and this bar the golden glove the bar just like never closes and there's no light other than the light inside the bar so um yeah i think it really encapsulates this really sad period yeah Mm, you've really sold it (laughs) (laughs) yeah look Proceed no. with caution. Yeah, absolutely. There's well, there's. I'm noticing there's content warnings on pretty much all of the films in the program yeah, too. Look, so the yeah, proceed. Was a weird one because I guess with all this these kind of movies, there's violence, obviously, but mm. yeah, it's not about the violence. No. Yeah, because not a lot of these films are like super. It's not for yeah. exploitation. So yeah, they're actually about something. Well, I mean, that you can be exploitative and be about something yeah, too. Yeah. Like Diner, for example, is like this crazy, insane Japanese action kind of movie set in a diner for assassins. <laughs> and it is like batshit insane. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. So it's like picture like John Wick meets an anime episode yep. meets some kind of like music video for like a <laughs> Japanese pop act. Because it's like got the most amazing sets and uh, like just flower petals falling like twenty four seven, and um, yeah, like this these amazing 
uh, like gun shoot, like a, what's the word? Um, gun foo. Yeah, gun foo. Yep, that's it. Like yeah, heaps of those moments and just like insane and the most delicious hamburgers ever because it's they they make this most elaborate food for these assassins, um, and then shit hits the fan, obviously. But just going back to the Golden Glove a moment ago, and I, I noticed that almost a quarter of the uh, films in your program uh, come from Germany or German-speaking countries. Why is it that you think that Germany wow. makes such strange films? I didn't realize it was that high, but uh, I didn't really um, do that intentionally at all. Um, but I think they uh, are definitely on to some kind of artistic... There's something in the water over there for sure that is making because then they're all completely and like completely different kinds of films, um, and like you would they, they could have been made on another planet. Um, uh, so yeah, it's look, it's I didn't really I haven't really thought about why there's something going on there that I'm not seeing anywhere else, but these films um, I think encapsulate a real. Uh, energy of the time right now um, I think just their their artistic ambition over there is like nothing like I've seen anywhere else like there I was talking to somebody today uh, who was testing a film here at the Lido and um, he had this this uh, genre kind of crime film that he was wanting to get made and just nobody in Australia is willing to take risks on genre and alternative cinema um, and I can imagine mm. that's a lot of people around the world of facing similar issues but something over there is people are taking awesome risks mm. um yeah yep. speaking of films that couldn't be made anywhere else that's um you briefly mentioned aren't you happy earlier yeah i yeah. saw the trailer for this one and this just looks <laughs> really strange like a mixture of like commercials and like tim and yeah. eric and yeah. just really and like w a bit of wes anderson a little bit too Definitely. really there's strange a bit, there's stuff. a bit of all of that like it doesn't this is why i think what we were able to do with the festival is really exciting because it doesn't go into any traditional genre. The only way you could kind of describe it is fantastic. Mm. <laughs> like the film is like this pastel dream about what, like if I was thinking about what living in Berlin would look like, it would look like this movie. <laughs> it's like bright pink colors, lots of like people who look like um, Andy Warhol walking around, people like just like, having you know really nihilistic conversations while drinking wine in the bath and then but also there's this amazing satire and criticism on consumerism and relationships and what sex means and what uh yeah what what kind of culture values and then it's got also got this like really interesting kind of naughtiness about it like this really cheekiness um uh, and the music is so good. It's like got this massive big band jazz soundtrack, which just sounds awesome. Like the last sequence, I spent hours trying to find the song <laughs> that that happens at the end, and I just couldn't because yeah, it's just Shazam so epic. wasn't working for you. Yeah, the Shazam, Shazam didn't work, and I had to like replay it over and over and over again. So it's just this um, like in your face kind of questioning and artistic statement on uh, yeah, all these really interesting current ideas and concerns and. Um, yeah, and it's really funny as well. Mm, it seems to have like a bit of a feminist edge to it too. Yeah, well, it's um, directed by uh, like it's a f from yeah. the Su Susan the Heinrich yeah, is the name she, of the director. She is she's a writer um, and a, and made a, a lot of other content. I think this is her first feature length project. Um, but she, you can obviously t tell that she would be an awesome person to have at a wine party <laughs> because she is like just so. Just like her vision and what she wants to say is just so tight and um, uh, yeah, really awesome. It's a great movie, great movie. I just like saw it and thought, because each of them, uh, it's like a bunch of vignettes and one vignette might be in song where like everybody's <laughs> like talking to each other in song. One vignette might be completely animated. One vignette might be just walking in a straight line for like a couple of minutes with something happening in the background. One of them. Yeah, so like there's so many surprises and you just really have no idea what, where it's going. What, what it's going to go. And it's like so does not follow any traditional story rules or filmmaking rules. It just plays by its own own mm. rules. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that film looks insane, but I don't think it is the most insane film in your program. I think for me, or just in my opinion, that kind of, I think that title goes to the stop-motion animated Chinese film. Is it she or S he? Either is fine. Uh, no. Yes, so I think you're right. That film, <laughs> when, I, when I watched that movie, <laughs> it was, yeah, so the film is, is a stop-motion film made by one person. It took him five years to make the movie. Wow. Um, and it's this about this George Orwellian world run by shoes, <laughs> and whenever a, a f- like a female shoe is created, um, they cut it up and turn it into like a male working shoe, and then this female shoe escapes and, and has a kid, and then they try to uh, like uh, I guess get into the male shoe world and like destroy it and like bring it down. Um, and so she goes to the work, obviously in the cigarette factory that all the male shoes work at in this big industrial cigarette factory. And then, and then it's after that, it's really hard to kind of explain what happens after that. (laughs) You're just going to have to say it for yourself. Yeah. The film is, is made up of all these like household items that the filmmaker has turned into like represent different elements of society, whether it be like drinking or whether it be money or whether it would be, uh, like there's, they really get away with exploring even really graphic ideas about sexual violence, but with it when it's related to a shoe, you can kind of explore it in a different way. I grew up playing those like uh, I Spy books, and it's like so a it's movie exactly version of that. Like that. I, I get the like, fe- I got the feeling from the trailer and yeah. all the um, press images and, and things like it's that. Just, yeah. It just goes like a hundred percent speed the whole time. It's just like insane, but in the best possible way because it like keeps you really engaged because you have to try and think conceptually about what, what you're actually seeing and what the filmmaker is trying to say about society and about work and about money and like what people value. And then, um, and then it'll just go to the next level and you have to figure it out all again. <laughs> I cannot wait um, for this one. Yeah. So that, that one was awesome. That one was such an awesome mm. find because so it's, yeah, it's really is like a test because it took, like we've got three films in the program that were made by one person. The other animated the film, film. Uh, a Latvian film called The Way. Yeah, that was a beautiful, beautiful ride. Um, it's because I, I also like, am a big fan of, of indie video games and uh, the culture around the artists who make that. And this reminds me so much of of those definitely works because it's like, again, made by one person who made the whole thing, and I think the music as well. And he's like a pretty pretty seminal uh i guess short film animator made a bunch bunch of really great short films and um this is his first feature film and the the premise is so simple it's this guy this young kid gets lost in some unknown land and then has to get home while he's being chased by this malevolent being but it's got this beautiful kind of like flow to it where it's not like a it just feels really kind of n- the atmosphere is so calming and relaxing and you can kind of get on it. It's, it's like rough around the edges. Like it's like, mm. it feels like it's a bit uh, like a, like a independent made by one guy over five years kind of thing, but it makes it so endearing because you kind of like along the ride. Feel, feels the does it, filmmaker it, has as that well. bit, it has that personal edge to it. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can just see the amount of passion and, and like dedication that goes mm. in. And then um, uh, even though it kind of, follows traditional kind of beats of of what you kind of expect it to go there's just that's yeah really if you can get on its wavelength of just being caught up in like the scenery that this person's made and the atmosphere it's like yeah really beautiful i got i got a feeling this will be for me like already just from the trailer and from how it's been described um you know just this dialogueless just yeah. beautifully serene animation like it imi- i immediately think to one of my favorite animated films of the last decade which is the red turtle right. so it feels like it's going along that same yeah path for me it was like journey the video game right. journey it does look a lot like reminded that. me a lot of this because the music is so cool um and uh yeah it's just got this yeah just awesome a to b story but uh yeah you can just kind of get lost in it I think, and just a testament to like what you can do with mm. a computer and passion, really. Yeah, with all these vast open worlds and things like that, and all this incredible imagery. But then there's also films in your programs that are these very claustrophobic like oh, thrillers yeah. and cla- chamber dramas. Yeah. Um, Cut ahead, being chief among it's them. It's got the best name ever. I thought it was such a cool name for a movie, but that film was one of the first films I watched, and was the first film I programmed. Just 
it like really kind of set the bar i think to for a lot of the other stuff that i was watching because the whole the whole premise is so simple and so well executed mm. it's this pr agent who goes to uh to record the the workers who are digging this new tunnel, tunnel. that actually is being constructed in real life um uh uh, in in Europe, and she goes to interview the workers that are working in the tunnel, and a lot of them speak English, and a lot of them really kind of either want her to get out of their faces or are really interested because they have somebody to talk to, and it sounds like people care mm. about them down there. Um, and then she goes to the very end of the tunnel where they're like literally where drilling, the, drill, the massive, yeah, drills, where yeah. they're drilling the, this huge hole in the ground. Oh, don't tell me something goes wrong. Yeah, look, it doesn't quite go to plan, <laughs> and they she like. Goes to say, yeah, can I like go right up into the air locked <laughs> room at the very end of the tunnel? So she goes into the room with three other engineers or two other engineers, and then um, and then things go really bad outside, and then they get trapped in the drill bit, well, the the big compartment at the end of the drill, and uh, so it's it's it'll, it's almost like a space movie, like getting trapped in a space station out of mm. space, where they're like trying to figure out how they can get air. Um, where, like, because the pressure of the, the room, they yeah. can't leave without their bubbles, it's like their blood bursting. Too, and yeah. yeah, so it's this, like, amazing tension building, and it's all set, like, underground. Um, so, yeah, it's this amazing example of, like, what you can do with a really limited space. It's shot on tiny cameras, like uh, pocket black magic cameras, like these little tiny cameras. And, the yeah, it just is a really great example of creating incredible tension with nothing, because... Yeah, there's like mm. it's just literally in a in a construction site, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the ending is like awesome as well. It just goes, yeah. it just goes exactly where it needed to go. Yeah, th those kinds of films are my jam. Like these, yeah, these single locations, like claustrophobic yeah. chamber dramas. Like think of like a, that like that buried like a, was buried. So good. Um, oh, there was another one. Like even like lock that single lock, location. Yeah. The car is to, like to some to, a, to some extent. You could also say yeah. the descent. Yeah, well. yeah. yeah. The, look, there's there's influence for the descent in here, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely some of that. So we've had as we've as we've had a look through this discussion, there's some incredible films playing in there. But there's also events during the f during the festival that are non-film related, including uh, a Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, Dungeons uh, and Dragons tournament. Yeah. Or I, so I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. Wow, so this before, is perfect. So. so Dungeons and Dragons captures a lot of what the festival's identity kind of is about it's about like visionary storytelling it's about community it's about people kind of experimenting and it's about uh i guess people things that traditionally are considered maybe on the fringes um and i played it uh, on channel 31 for a couple of months um and had the most amazing time and the the stories i had from that experience and this this feeling of like being in total control of your own adventure was just so awesome. So we did it last year for Paris Cinema Fest, and it was a massive success, run by um, the the woman who who curates the uh, the uh, the Melbourne Dungeons and Dragons Society. So she's gone out and collected the best dungeon masters to host a one night event. Because normally when you play, you have to kind of commit. To Goes over to days. Yeah, yeah. It? Yep. So this is designed so that you can sit down and play a whole story in one sitting, like a four hour story. Um, perfect for people who just want to have a go for new yeah. players who don't want to commit um, and have somebody who is a very experienced storyteller and guide. So, yeah, so we're doing it again. We'll have tables on the rooftop and, and it's a really great way to just like hang out and drink beer and, and have a bit of fun. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Yeah. And also something that I'm, because I am very boastfully the, very much the trivia champion of the here at the Lido. Yes, and you are true. doing another trivia during the fe during the festival so, as well. Yeah, that's right. It's the same trivia, so I'm sure you'll you'll take the cake this this it, time. It's, but it's, it's not going to be genre specific. It, or it, not? It, it's going to encapsulate the themes of the festival. So there'll be genre stuff. There'll be there'll be lots of lots of. I don't want to give too much away, so you can get a mm. bit of homework ahead of everybody else. But yeah, it's it's. Um, just a bit of a fun night to get everybody together and, and uh, have a bit of a party, I guess, the trivia. Yep. And the trivia will be bo both at in Melbourne and Sydney. That's right. That's so, right. Sorry, Sydney, it looks like you don't get the Dungeons & Dragons, so apologies there. 
Yeah. But yeah. you do get um, uh, a Q&A from the director of Sons of Steel, Gary Keady. I can't believe I haven't talked about this film yet. Yeah. You're only retrospective in the program yeah, too. Yeah, this film is just... If I was going to make one movie in my life, it would never be anything close to what Sons of Steel achieved. It is this like absolute insane relic of the, the 80s where this guy, he's like this hard rock star who for some reason the um, the authoritarian dictatorship of Sydney that the film presents <laughs> thinks that it's a good idea to like turn him into a hologram and send him forwards in time to stop a nuclear bomb from going off in Sydney Harbour that destroys the world. So he's like this like vigilante kind of a little bit... Look, he's not... That This film is super 80s. <laughs> Yeah, so let's just leave it at that. He's super, it's a super 80s film, and um, yeah, it's just an awesome, You make awesome, that sound like it's a bad thing. <laughs> no, well, it's just like, that you can't make this, like, the, the, you, you, never get this you made can't now. make, yeah, the way, the, the things that they say, the things that they do, it just Ooh, is okay. like a, is, is awesome, and also just like, just a real uh, time capsule, I think, which is awesome to see. Um, and uh, so... It's just a really insane, insane ride, and you really have no idea what they're going to put on screen next. And it's also a musical as well. So Amazing. just like halfway through something, they'll just break out in this hard rock <laughs> song, and the the songs are actually really good. Um, the the so the record is like just recently available. So this is the first time it's going to be screened in HD, which is really exciting. It's about to get a Blu-ray release, um, so we'll be we'll be screening that. Be the first place in the world to screen it actually fantastic so is this one of the films that is just like it's a lost relic from the 80s essentially like it hasn't been like the only way you could find this film beforehand was by digging through someone's basement and uh, yeah finding you, old could, VHS you could tapes. still if you knew about it you could like find it you know you could find it um but it is definitely this really interesting look into australian cinema at the time, as it's like, like at the turn, like yeah. it's 1989, 1988 or so. Right at the so end it's of the like, exploitation. Yeah, so right at the cinema. end of when people were kind of making a lot of those kind of ridiculous, like obviously like Mad Max and uh, uh, Turkey Shoot and uh, Man from Hong Kong and like all these other exploitation films that, yeah, after that, this was like one of the last ones of that period. And it fits really well into that catalog. So, yeah, excited to put that up. And Gary's awesome. So he's going to chat about what it meant to make this movie, um, what like what went behind the scenes and, and the challenges, because there was a lot of challenges along the ride that I think um, still haunt the production and him to this day. So interested to hear what he has to say. That will be fantastic. And will you be going to Sydney to host that Q&A? Well, look, be there's been a bit of a... Because the Dungeons and Dungeons and the oh, they clash. Steel oh, clash. No. So look, yeah, so we're going to have to figure that out, but that's that's <laughs> what it's all about. And the, the last one of the events, even though I think it, this is somewhat film related though, and this is a free event, so anyone can come to this, um, something called Analog Orgy, which immediately <laughs> has someone's attention. But this kind of sounds like you're doing something like what the inf like what the website Everything is Terrible kind of does. Yeah. Collating yeah. just all of these random bizarre like after school specials and informational mm. like informational and educational films and like commercials and just weird bits of mixed media from like the 70s through to the 80s yeah well we had a everything is terrible film last year called uh what was it called it was called drug drug something drug it was like a collection of old uh, oh, anti-drug. Yeah, that's right. I remember uh, that one. Yeah, films, like educational films, and it was so much fun. So, but this this year is slightly different because uh, I grew up like with my old man has like this collection of sixteen millimeter film like at home. So, like I grew up watching all these like insane educational films and animations and short films. So I was just like, hey, dad, can you come to my <laughs> festival and like play that shit for people? So, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. So we're going to set it up in the foyer uh, running for like f it's like five hours or something. So it's Gee. pretty much just me and dad drinking wine and beer <laughs> while reliving childhood traumas um, where everybody else can kind of join in for that. So, yeah, it's like it. a collection of insane educational films. So like personal to hygiene for boys or the story of <laughs> menstruation or like um how to 
make friends, um, how to shake hands properly, all this kind of amazing stuff. So, yeah, that's what the plan is for that one. Yeah, it sounds like you should definitely get along to that. And it's, it's one of the events where, especially if you have it just in the foyer of the leader, you can just pop in, yeah, see one. Yeah, that's the idea. And just, yeah. yeah, And the 16mm projector just is like such a relic for so many people and the sound it makes and the way it looks. And uh, I think people will be, I guess, really blown away by that and like how it works. So, yeah. Awesome. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you definitely want to talk about? Like something that we've missed, like talking about the films in the program that you yeah, would definitely look, recommend. There's, there see. is like, I mean, the trauma film. Awesome oh, the closing see. night yeah, film. Mutant yes. Blast, that is like, it, like uh, that is the, probably the most insane <laughs> film because you, you have really, your, your, your jaw is just open the entire time because the stuff they put in front of you is like the best that trauma has like has has to offer i think and it also really explores the story like with conviction and the characters are awesome and it's really funny and it's not just like shovel trauma it's like actually an awesome awesome great fun ride so excited to close with that one Def definitely one to to check out that's uh it won a bunch of awards for screenwriting and um for uh yeah. I would not have picked it for that. Yeah, it yeah, won some horror screenwriting awards wow. at that festival. I can't quite remember uh, where it got it from, but look, it's 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 awesome. So it was a it was a trauma like pickup. So they made the film and then trauma picked it up yeah, afterwards because it, it's from it's a Portuguese title. Um, and then the other one I'd really recommend that's doing like all the massive international rounds, like is is playing in Rotterdam uh, in a couple of days, is Jalakatu. This like amazing visceral uh, indian film about a wild bull well a bull that's about to be put to slaughter to be eaten by this village uh goes gets loose and then spends the entire time destroying the town like all the crops and all the houses and then everybody in the town teams up well everybody in the town arms themselves to kill <laughs> this bull and then uh things really kind of don't go to plan because nobody really works together and everybody is like wants to be the person who killed a bull yeah. and then uh, yeah just like the ending is so amazing and really encapsulates the entire message of the film because it's this idea of like this this m testosterone energy of wanting to be the hero and never working with other people and it really explores that super well and the sound is awesome it's just like 90 minutes of guys yelling mm. <laughs> just so, watch, so good. just watching the trailer for this one it looked mm. incredibly phonetic and yeah. just absolutely chaotic totally and just even if you if you see the image that you put here in the program it's just yeah it says, it says it all yeah, it's an awesome movie it says awesome it film. all so there's all these incredible films playing uh they're playing here at the lido in hawthorne on glen ferry road and also sydney you guys don't you, you guys don't miss out either that's playing at the ritz up in randwick Right. And if people want to buy tickets, which they absolutely should, because we've just told you about all these awesome movies that are playing, mm. where do you go? Yeah, so you can find us on the, well, the Ritz and the Lido websites. We've got pages there. We've also got our website is fantasticfilmfestival.com.au. And then you can also uh, get to find us on Instagram and Facebook. Now, you're also selling passes to the festival as well. Yeah, so we've got a VIP pass, which will give you access to everything. Everything? Uh, well, all the films. Um, Perfect. And so that is uh, 250 bucks, which is an awesome deal considering that there is uh, 25 films on offer here. There's also a five pass for 70 bucks, and then the regular tickets, 2150 and 1650 for concessions for that students and, and uh, members and things. Okay, and you can buy that in at the box office and also yeah. on but the websites That's of it. the cinema and also at fantasticfilmfestival.com.au. Yeah, fantasticfilmfestival.com.au. The AU is important there. Yes. And uh, yeah, but also on Facebook, there's all the links to, to everything and, and on the cinema's websites as well. Okay, and you can also pick up a print copy in cinema of the, pro of the exactly lovely program. Right. That's exactly No right. worries. Thank you very much, Hudson, for coming It was my pleasure. Thanks here. for having me, Sean.
G'day guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a really, really good chat that I had with Hudson and a big thank you to Hudson Sawada for coming on the show to talk about this amazing festival that he's put on, his fantastic festival he's put on. The Fantastic Film Festival of Australia is going to be amazing. I attended Paracinema Fest back in 2018 that Hudson helped put on, as you'd heard in our discussion, and I had an absolute blast with that and all of the films that Hudson has talked about in this show sound amazing. And it's happening in Melbourne and Sydney from February 20th through to March 4th at the venues in Melbourne. It is happening at the Lido Cinemas on 675 Glenferry Road, Hawthorne, and in Sydney at the Ritz Cinemas on 45 St. Paul Street, Randwick. As for some of the session times of some of the incredible films that Hudson has talked about, the opening night film Chain for Life is playing at both the Lido and the Ritz on Thursday, February 20th, both at 7pm. And that is the only uh, screening of that film, so make sure you get along to that. Also, Cut Ahead, which, as as Hudson and I discussed, had the best name of any film in the program, uh, is playing at the Lido twice and the Ritz twice. Uh, at the Lido, we're just playing Sunday the 23rd of February at 8.45pm on the Lido rooftop, so get along to that. And also at Friday, the February 28th at 7pm, and at the Ritz at Saturday, February 22nd at 9pm, and in the Ritz Laneway Cinema on Friday the 28th of February at 9pm. Diner, which he also talked about, is playing only one screening, both at Lido and the Ritz. Um, Lido at Friday the 28th of February at 9pm, and at the Ritz on Wednesday the 26th at 9pm. And if you think you have the guts to take on the Golden Glove, which, as the New York Times called it, vomitous, and as Hudson described, is quite a full-on film, there are two screenings at the Lido and one at the Ritz. The Lido is screening it on Wednesday, the 26th of February at 9pm, and Monday, March 2nd at 9pm, and the Ritz is playing it Friday, the 28th of February at 9pm. The only documentary in the program, Horror Noir, is having one session at the Lido and two at the, and two at the Ritz, at the Lido, at Monday to the 24th of February at 7pm, and at the Ritz, both on Monday, the 24th of February, also at 7pm, and Saturday, the 29th of February at 4.30pm. One of Hudson's recommendations for the festival, the Indian film Jalakatu, is having a screening each at the Lido and the Ritz. The Lido at Saturday, the 22nd of February at 7pm, and at the Ritz at Friday, the 21st of February at 9pm. The crazy Chinese stop-motion shoe animation film S-He, or She or however you'd like to pronounce this film, uh, is having two screenings uh, in Sydney and Melbourne, that playing at the Lido on Saturday the 22nd of February at 4.30pm, and again on Sunday March 1st at 7pm, and at the Ritz it is playing Sunday the 23rd of Feb at 7pm, and also on Sunday the 1st of March at 4.30pm. And the biggest film of the festival, A24's new film St. Maud, directed by Rose Glass, playing three screenings both in Sydney and Melbourne, at the Lido, Friday the 21st of February at 7pm, also the next Friday the 28th at 8.45pm on the Lido rooftop, and also Wednesday March 4th at 6.30pm on the closing night of the festival. And as Hudson said, if you're in Melbourne, one of those sessions is is going to have a Q&A via Skype with the director Rose Glass, so make sure you get along with that, and hopefully Sydney gets it too, but if not, People in Sydney still go out and see this film because it's going to be playing Friday the 21st of Feb at 7pm at the Ritz. Also in the Laneway Cinema at the Ritz on the Tuesday the 25th of Feb at 8.45pm and also Sunday March 1st at 9pm. And also make sure you don't miss the only retro in the program, Sons of Steel, the only Australian film in the program, the 1989 crazy heavy metal futuristic sci-fi musical. Uh, as we said, if you are in if you are in Sydney at the Ritz, there will be a Q and A screening with director Gary Keedy, and that is going to be happening Thursday, the twenty seventh of February at six thirty p.m. And also at the Lido, it's going to be playing Sunday, the twenty third of February at eight thirty p.m. As for the non-film events, Analog Orgy, the free event, which is a bunch of 16mm films of a bunch of weird and wonderful educational films, commercials, and just weird little nuggets of mixed media that will just be playing in the foyer of the Lido, is going to be happening on Saturday, the 29th of Feb, from 3pm, and is just it says in the program it will go to 9pm, 
but it could go for longer. So just pop in and go visit that. That will be really, really cool. And as well, the trivia. If you want to challenge me for my trivia crown at the Lido, you can come down to the trivia night during Fantastic Film Fest on Monday, March 2nd at 7.30pm. Get a team of two to six people together. The tickets are $10 per player and you get a complimentary drink on arrival. Try to defeat me and potentially past guest George Kapaklis. We have a bit of a blood feud going when it comes to the trivia. He thinks he can beat me. He can't. He absolutely can't. And also, George, if you're listening, bring it on. But to anyone out there listening, this is a call out. Come try and defeat me at trivia or join my team, you know, if, if you want to win. Absolutely. But also, if you're at the Ritz, you don't miss out on trivia as well. You won't get the pleasure of being of getting to challenge me, but you'll also have the chance to compete in a trivia night there. Also happening on March the 2nd at 7.30pm. For more info on sessions of all the events and all the screenings happening at Fantastic Film Festival Australia in both Melbourne and Sydney, go to fantasticfilmfestival.com.au. There you can buy tickets and you can buy the passes, a five-film pass for $70, an all-inclusive VIP pass for $250. That is very great value, very, very much considering buying that. So get along to that. Information for all sessions and the tickets all can be found at fantasticfilmfestival.com.au where tickets can be purchased at both on that website and also at the box office at both the Lido and Ritz Cinemas. And we have a very, very special offer, a competition you might add, that you might say, that Hudson has very, very kindly granted another Buddy Movie podcast to give away. We are giving one lucky Another Buddy Movie podcast listener two complimentary tickets to attend the festival. All you have to do is like Another Buddy Movie podcast and Fantastic Film Festival Australia on Facebook. You have to like the pin post on Another Buddy Movie podcast that explains the giveaway and comment what film in the festival program you are most looking forward to and why. Unfortunately, this competition is only open to Victorian and New South Wales residents and the entries close on Sunday, February 9th at 11.59pm. So get your entries in, guys, and I hope you guys win, and good luck to you all. If you're, even if you don't want to enter this competition, go like Fantastic Film Festival on Facebook and also on at Instagram. Go follow them over there, at Fantastic Film Fest Oz, and you can follow us on Instagram too, at Another Bloody Movie Pod, and like us and follow us everywhere else we are on social media. We're, we're at Twitter, at AB Movie Podcast. We can like us our Facebook page, obviously, and you can follow us on SoundCloud, on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, which now include Spotify. Yes, Another Buddy Movie Podcast is now available on Spotify, so go follow us over there. And thank you very much for listening. Have a great time with Fantastic Film Festival Australia. Another two really good episodes coming up. A big review spectacular with Eric of a bunch of films that we're going to be talking about including True History of the Kelly Gang uh, The Lighthouse uh, Force Armor The Peanut Butter Falcon, Uncut Gems a huge action packed review episode coming up and an Oscars preview with a very very special guest so thanks very much for listening guys tune in for some more great episodes coming this coming your way in the coming, in the coming week and we'll see you later, bye bye